Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, October 17th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Bare Bones of Web 3, Episode 2, News, Market Analysis, and a Special Guest, hosted by B-Bands from the Space Skellies. Let's take a listen. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Edwego. Yeah. Hi, I'm just setting up the room. It's oh. not... Yeah, no, I I understand. I just wanted to come in here and check that my mic is working and you can hear me okay. Oh, no, I definitely so glad you came in because I was trying to get everybody set up before, you know, before we get into the news and stuff. Okay, thank you. Um, No, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us. Super excited. Um, Just giving it another minute or so. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to mute myself. Yeah, I'll mute myself too. And then um, for just for a second, and then I'm just uh, getting some other stuff set up, make sure I got the message. If you want to tweet out the space, that would be awesome, too. Okay. And then when, at, you know, after it's done, you can delete it off your, um, you know, just delete it off your page. So it's not, you know. Okay. Oh, we got another uh, view, uh, listener. Okay, we'll be starting in about a minute or so. Just giving people a couple minutes to file in. Hey, say There she is. I just want to make sure you got your co-host. I guess it just comes out of speaker. Hold on. Good morning, Saber Scene. Good morning, Natego, Booms, and NFT Space Cadet, even though that's my husband. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I think I'll just wait one more minute before we start rolling. I have uh, EJ supposed to be coming in in a second. If not, we should probably get the show going. What do you think, Sabe? Yeah, sounds good. I am just quickly pulling up my chart. Sorry, guys, my laptop ended up. Um updating overnight so i had everything ready so i'm just making sure i'm all set up let me know when you think you're ready and then i'll uh we can start off the show it is recorded so if anybody wants to you know go back and listen to it that would be great yeah ready sorry about that oh no don't be sorry at all good morning good morning the date is october 17th 2022 welcome to bare bones and web 3 episode 2 with your host saberstein EJ and B-Bands. It's your weekly dose of Web3 news, market analysis, and updates. This show is sponsored by Space Skellies, one of the first conditional NFTs. Space Skellies will be minting in November. Please see the link above for more information. This show is for entertainment and information purposes only. Don't be silly. This is not financial advice. None of the topics discussed should be taken as such. If you're interested in these topics, please do your own research. Well, this week on Bare Bones, we're going to be discussing the metaverse, Avram Eisenberg and the mango, other news, market analysis, project updates, and we have a special guest, Nintego. She's a woman of the cosmos. She runs the Zenchain Labs Validator on the cosmos ecosystem, and we will be bringing her up at the end to get to know her. Please, if you have any questions, submit them in the comment 
blurb below attached to um, our little space, and we'll do our best to answer during the show. So in the bare bones newsreel, today we're going to be chatting. Oh, EJ's here. Hold on one second. In, in the bare bones newsreel for this week, we are going to be chatting about the metaverse. Now, um, everyone's been saying that we're super early to the metaverse, and um, I'm going to have to say I agree. It's shocking with the amount of users that there are on Decentraland, Sandbox, and Steppen. So to put in perspective, Decentraland has only 379 metaverse users a month. Sandbox, only 616, and Steppen only has one. Now, at the peak of the land sales, during the height of the bull, uh, of the bull run, back in July, the metaverse total land sales hit $501 million. So to be Snoop's neighbor and Snoop first on the, in uh, the sandbox actually cost someone $450,000 just to be his neighbor. Now, you know, they're not, they're barely scratching the surface with uh, the amount of users they have. So I'm just bringing this up just so we can uh, also take note that there are still, even though that all these huge companies are not being noticed. Alien Worlds, which is another metaverse, it still has 200,000 users. So take heed, people. The metaverse is not dead. Things have slowed down. But the reason for this, if we really, really dive deep, is that Alien Worlds, even though it has 200,000 users, it requires people to use them so that the metaverse can keep going. Decentraland, and Sandbox do not need users for them to keep um, existing. So that is something I just kind of wanted to bring up. Um, Saber Scene, is there anything, or EJ, is there anything that you guys want to ch chime in about this? I just think it's, it's amazing how many people bought um, either, you know, Metaverse Land or even NFTs just at the height of the bull run. And it's just incredible to look at um how much uh these things are down percentage wise like it's just insane um hopefully these people are have accumulated for you know the next bull run uh and they're not selling for a loss but it's it's just crazy to see not only the amount of money but the percentages and yeah really interesting about alien worlds uh i don't know much about alien worlds personally but uh, maybe something worth looking into if they still have those 200,000 users. Awesome. Um, you know, I was going to save this story for uh, a, few, uh, a little bit later, but I think that it probably ties in a little bit better if I bring it up behind this metaverse story. So the artist Beeple, um, he was an artist that I used to watch on Instagram. He used to sell his art for $5 a piece. So he's, he's pivoting. He went into the NFT market and he began to sell his NFTs. He's the highest paid NFT artist with um, a $69 million sale on Christie's auction. So, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Well, he, like Gary V, will be pivoting into the real world. Gary V brought his um, NFTs into toys at Macy's. Well, Beeple is now bringing his art into the real world. Now, he wanted, he's building a, a building, a huge building. And he wants it to feature his art. Now, I think this is so extremely awesome. If you guys haven't checked out Beeple's art, it's very jarring and thought provoking. So um, I could definitely see it being in a museum and people going to see. So um, I think it's awesome. He's saying that he wants to pivot 
into the real world um, because it's needed. He wants to create a thought thought provoking art, and I think that he's he's realizing that right now in our winter, in our crypto winter, that people in the real world need to be brought in so that when our bull season comes, they're going to be hanging out with us. But that is just my opinion. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about people and the uh, bringing the NFTs into the real world and I mean, people, people I think demand. it's so neat that like he started. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I just think it's so interesting that, like, in the real world, he started on Instagram selling them for like five dollars, then entered the NFT market to sell them at incredibly high prices, like sixty nine million, and now he's pivoting back to the real world. So it's interesting that NFTs seem to be almost like a stepping stone or like a way for him to market his product to the right people. So it's really cool to see what NFTs can do to somebody's life and to their art, right? So I think that's cool. Yeah, people's how much he sold on his first auction, uh, his first NFT auction. But yeah, I think that was also a way for him to generate the revenue needed to bring it into the real world. So it would be interesting to see where he goes from here. But he's definitely uh definitely the person to pay attention to. And there's a lot of people in the, you know, Ethereum as well that are doing different things that are are signed on. But he's one that has kind of dictated his own way. Um he doesn't do much like I guess signature. He just builds what he wants, does what he wants. And if you guys do things and listen to him podcast, he's wild. He's so he's so crazy. Um, he also listen to the podcast. Um, and yeah, definitely someone to pay attention to. You know, and I, it's got he has to know something because I find it so interesting that in spite of the conditions of the market, the the rise in um, building uh, materials, the that everything is costing so so much. Yet he's still saying like, I'm I need to bring my art to the people. I'm still gonna. I'm, uh, it's time to build. And everyone's saying in 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 the in Web three, they're like, it's time to build. It's time to build our communities. It's time to build a project. It's time, you know, it's building time. Well, he's also saying it's building time, but even in these marketing conditions and in the real world, and and kind of creating this like loop, this little circle. I think it's I think it's cool. But um, on our next story, we're going to be chatting about Solana. Now, Solana's coming out with something similar to a layer two solution on Ethereum. It's called Fire Dancer. Now, um, that's an interesting name. I guess uh, playing with fire was probably already taken, but um, the story is about Avram Eisenberg and the giant mango. Now, I don't know if this is genius manipulation, just a good last minute idea, but Ivan Eisenberg is the guy behind the mango markets um, hack. He used his stolen tokens to pass a governance proposal to pay himself and his team a bug bounty, pay off the bad debt with the treasury, and absolve himself of all criminal charges. Now, my mind is blown by this whole situation. He's, uh, his bounty is $47 million. He, the, pro- the governance proposal has passed, and he doxed himself. So... Um, 
sometimes like I can't even bring the words to say how like I'm actually kind of impressed. And I know it's terrible to say that, but he admitted in a, a crypto briefing article, he admitted, he said he, that his team operated in quotes, a highly profitable trading strategy on the mar mango markets. My mind is blown. Um, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that because I feel pretty, I, I feel the same way. I mean, like it's kind of genius what he did, right? Like, um, you know, people are like different projects or blockchains and such, like they want, they, they host hackathons and things like that to try to get people to do things that he did, but he just did it. So he actually profited from it. Um, whether he actually did it legally or not, I, I have no idea, but it's so interesting to see the ways that people can, can perform, I guess, like hacks. Right. And then it's so cool that he like went and took that and then was able to basically sway the governance vote just because he had stolen all of those funds. So I, I just think that's really neat. It's a really neat thing that he did, whether, you know, whether I like it or not, of course, you know, tons of people lost money and it, it, that's sad but if you're just looking at what actually happened it's just it's interesting all right well ej is on the listeners so he must have uh, been rugged a little bit so we're gonna hop on to the next story and then get into our market oh there he is ej what do you think about this whole mango markets thing and avram doxing himself uh first off sorry i got a, a phone call um secondly he's a genius that's it bottom line <laughs> i mean uh, to absorb all the funds the way he did and release himself of criminal charges. I mean, I think that's I think that's the situation you're talking about. I didn't hear everything. Is that correct? Yes, I'm talking about Avram Eisenberg, where he was like, it was me and my team. And yeah, we just we just operated a profitable trading strategy. And it's it's all good. Yeah, no, I I think it's genius. I mean, that's really it. it, it business is business and when you mess up and you and you're able to i that's the thing though is i don't know i haven't read too much into it to know if there's if there's still any funds that are missing or what has happened exactly but i know he was able to have a workaround so it takes it takes someone who's pretty intelligent to have a workaround especially in crypto so that's really all my input on that yeah i'm pretty impressed myself so um <laughs> I'm even actually I kind of like this other story um just as much. It's basically would you log a complaint on the blockchain? Like would you literally go and complain about the police on the blockchain? So India, they have created a complaint portal on the Polygon chain just for that. Um I think it's a little, you know, strange. I I wouldn't feel comfortable with it, but let's put this in perspective. 1/7th of the entire population of the earth with a billion people um, in it. And this is in India. So that's a lot of people. So this might be the best way to get to help get their needs met. So essentially, um, what's happening is there's a lot of police corruption in India and they have no, no place to go and complain. So they've created this portal where you can go and submit your complaint about the police corruption. Now, my thoughts are, what if you submit a wrong complaint, a false complaint? How do they know, you know, what if, there's just a whole bunch of questions that I have, um, but I'm pretty, I don't know, I'm pretty amazed with this. And I don't know if it's like their way to track people or I don't know. I wouldn't feel 100 percent comfortable putting a lodging complaint against the police. But what do you guys think? 
I have to agree with that. Um, you know, and in a place where there's already a lot of police corruption, you know, who is who who is on the other? Like, who is listening to these complaints? Who's taking these complaints and actually doing something with it? Or are the police just going to use it to like figure out who's trying to complain against them? And then I don't know if they're going to go out. I don't know if they would like you know go after them or just you know put them on like a do not help or 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 block list or or whatnot. Um, but I think this would do. I don't know. Like, I don't know too much about India and um, how they're set up. But it, to me, it seems like it would do more harm than good. Um, I know we talked about how it would provide, you know, bring a lot of transactions to the Polywork, Polygon network if it is used. Um, but for India, I'm just not sure. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. It, it's who's on the other side of it. It doesn't matter if there's complaints or not if no one's able to do something about it and everyone wants to talk about the blockchain being you know a little more cryptic but let's be real like the blockchain's super super traceable like it's so easy to trace it's not hard to trace a wallet and to trace messages and memos it's super easy so people who aren't using vpns and ways to protect themselves they will and that is how someone on well thankfully he, he had a vpn but someone close on our team is uh, fighting something very similar in Iran right now. Um, and they're tracking people through their IP addresses. So if you file a complaint or you release information of the corruption, like you release a post or a video, they track you through your IP. Uh, I think this is more of a way to control uh, while using, I would say, the hype of crypto or using the the word of um, security. But the transactions are super secure, but messages are not secure. So I think it will do more harm than good, but we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, maybe there's more detail to it to protect the user uh, or the front end user than we know. But currently, I think it's a very simple way for the police to figure out, like you said, who is complaining and let's go deal with them ourselves because the corruption is wild. The yeah, we can't even fathom or grasp the concept because uh, I'm in the States and many others are. We can't even fathom what's going on. Um, but that's just my two cents on that. And I could be completely wrong. That's an excellent way to put it, EJ. And I, yeah, I have to completely agree. I'm glad I'm not just being paranoid, you know, because I get kind of like paranoid, like with the cameras and stuff. I'm like, is somebody watching me, you know? But um, I can totally see the whole blockchain and, you know, being able to track. But there's a lot of people, so I don't know. I'm going to wrap up uh, the our uh, news reel because I would love to get into our market analysis um, with just a, cue, uh, a couple of little news cues. First, um, in Niagara Falls, a crypto mining company of, in New York was told to stop um, mining Bitcoin because their um, facility was too loud and they weren't. Uh, following proper zoning. I don't know if this is going to spill in in the future to people mining uh, personally, but um, I found it very interesting. And then uh, fake news, Elon Musk does not sell a million dollars worth of his burnt hair perfume. So if anybody thought that the burnt hair story was real, it was not. And then our last uh, bit of information is Doquan has been interviewed by the unchained uh, podcaster Laura Shin. She was a Forbes journalist and she was the first to cover uh, cryptocurrencies in, for Forbes. 
The interview releases tomorrow. So if you're interested in watching that, please do, because it's definitely something I'd like to chat about uh, next week. With that, I'm wrapping up the news and I'll take it over to Amanda and EJ. Uh, so good morning, everyone. Welcome to another week in the market. Uh, so our weekly candle closed yesterday. So I just want to touch on the Bitcoin weekly chart quickly before we move into the daily chart. Uh, so this past week candle closed again on above average volume as it has been since July. Whether that volume means market makers are accumulating for a move up or redistributing for the next leg down, we won't know until we finally break this range that we have been trading in since June. Uh, so if you look at the daily chart, we can see how the weekly candle formed. In the early week, we saw rejection at 19,500 for a small move down uh, sideways into CPI, where we saw high volatility as we generally do see Bitcoin move on the important dates for the traditional markets. Thursday, we saw a bounce off the lower trend line at 18,200 uh, up to 19,500, uh, just over a 7% move up to close that daily candle as a very nice looking bullish candle with a long lower wick showing that the buyers came in to support that 18,200 area. Uh, overnight, a move to nearly 20,000 before selling off to 19,100, so a four and a half percent move down with the traditional markets as, um, as the SPY and the SPX had similar price action within its trading hours on Friday. So that sell-off on Friday caused its daily candle to close as a bearish candle with a long upper wick showing that the sellers did come in at resistance to push the price back down to a very bullish candle on Thursday, followed by a very bearish candle on Friday. Uh, the Thursday and Friday candles seem to show indecision in the market. Uh, if you look at a three-day chart, the October 13th, 14th, and 15th candle did close as a doji, mm -hmm. so with a long upper wick and a long lower wick with a, just a very small body and that does show that indecision. Um, so currently it looks like we are potentially breaking above um, the resistance line that began uh, in August when we had that little, that little rally up to 25,000. Um, candle hasn't closed yet though uh, for today, so plenty of time for that to either move up further or possibly move down and maybe reject. Um, but right now, the price action is getting tighter and tighter as we seem to be getting closer to a decision time. So whether we break the resistance and go up or we break the support and go back down. Um, however, nothing in the past week has has changed macro wise. I mean, it still isn't positive. We're still technically in a downtrend that began when we rejected that 90, 69,000. Sorry. Uh, so my view is that if there's no reason yet to move up, then we continue to go down. So I'm a, a little bit more conservative. I like to wait until I see, um, you know, a break above resistance and then confirmation um, with uh, holding support to move back up again. Um, so the bullish case would be breaking that resistance line and confirming that support to move up, as I mentioned. On the weekly chart, I do have a supply zone between 29,100 and 32,000 that has yet to be tested. So if we do move up, uh, that is an area of interest. Um, in most of the chats I'm in, not necessarily a lot of like trading going on. Things over the weekend were pretty slow uh, for crypto up until um, futures opened last night. Well, last night for me. Um, right now, um, it's definitely still very, very risk off. You know, if you can day trade in and then get out, um, holding positions isn't always the best. Um, we've been doing a lot of 
what people are calling crabbing, so going sideways. So not a lot, not a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, so that's the week. And then next we'll have EJ to take you through the traditional markets. I know that there are some bigger events coming up this week, so we get to hear from him. Thanks. Thank you, Sabe. Yeah, there, it was a big week last week in the market um, and crypto as well. So the rally overnight was pretty impressive. The SBY currently opened up. Uh, it's up a few percent, two percent. Probably, I think it's looking like two and a half right now currently. Uh, so doing doing fairly well. But as of last week, we did have a market recap of the S and P uh, down one point five percent, the Nasdaq down over three percent, the Dow Jones up one point one percent, and the Russell two thousand was around one point one percent down. And a lot of that was built around the OPEC or the OPEC, which is oils and futures. Um, and that'll be a big watch this week. The biggest thing to pay attention to is oil prices this week. Um, so if you guys see changes at the gas stations, that will be why. The rumor was confirmed that certain countries were trading barrels at different costs to the U.S. versus other countries. That was confirmed and is no longer a rumor. Um, so leading into this week, a notable earning recap, we do have a P. These are just the ticker numbers, PEP. Uh, DAL and UNH. So these are ones you can look up again, PEP, DAL and UNH. These will most likely be down from where they have been in the past. So it won't be out of the blue, uh, but check those out if you want. Uh, I don't want to go, they're not really huge companies to go into, uh, but starting on Monday, which is today, we have the biggest thing will be the shareholders with iRobot will vote on the acquisition offer from Amazon. Uh, so Amazon may be bringing in the iRobot, which is the vacuum, if you know the robotic vacuums. Uh, Tuesday, we have Adobe. Adobe hosts the meeting with the financial analysis and investors, um, and they'll have their executive team on hand as well to go over the next strategies closing out this quarter. And then coming into Wednesday, uh, shareholders with Spear Airlines will be uh, voting on the acquisition for JetBlue Airways that is buying them out. So that contract is finally going into play could be a good trade opportunity if you are into trading. Uh, once again, Spear Airlines with JetBlue. And then the Federal Reserve will release its beige book update at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. And then to end the day after uh, on after hours, you could take a swing play if you wanted. Uh, Tesla will hold its earnings calls with its investors as well. Um, updates for the, the Berlin and Austin Gigafactories. And then the other will in include the price expectations and pretty much the macro headwinds coming up. So just pay attention on that. If you want to make a play with Tesla, it might be a good opportunity. Uh, then Thursday is going to get really volatile. Thursday is going to get crazy volatile with uh, with the WTI, which is the instruments crude November. So the November numbers are coming out for oil. November futures expire, which has led to an extra dash of volatility for crude oil. This year, uh, the prior expert, this, oh, say, sorry, it has, I wrote this down wrong. That was the volatility with last year's expiration dates. So expecting the same, um, what I meant to say was expecting the same to happen on Thursday. So the WTI um, is the ticker symbol, and that is just crude oil. If you want to watch that as well, could be a play for you if you're getting in. And then last but not least, Friday is the last day that the Federal Reserve Board members can make any public comments before the blackout period ahead of the November meeting. 
So this is the last time the Federal Reserve Board members can pretty much speak on any topic they wish to. So that will wrap up the week. Uh, it will be getting pretty volatile Wednesday to Friday. Uh, don't get worried. That is to be expected. Um, and then the, to move into the next topic, we do have our contest for the treasure hunt. I only see a few people in here currently right now. And the contest, the word is Bitcoin for the first treasure hunt word. It is Bitcoin. If you don't know what the treasure hunt is, go to our Twitter. Um, and then we do have a contest for a giveaway in our uh discord as well so if you go to the giveaway section enter that contest we did not tag anybody so only a few will be in there and that is for 100 stars um, and then looking into end this off uh, will be the mints leading into this week uh, this week and next week we have hero uh, we have heroes with the kuji heroes we have rebels coming up um, i forget i think it's called oana rebels um, and then we have the wreck bulls coming up as well and followed by our mint probably coming into early of next month. So those are mints. Keep your eyes out on mints. I would definitely recommend grabbing a few. Um, and that will that will wrap that up. And I'm going to send it back to you, B-Bands, and you can sign us off for the day. Actually, um, before I sign us off, I would love. I'm going to be interviewing Nintego today. Um, just going to ask her a couple of uh, questions about her validator um, and about herself. And for our first question, though, I just would like to give over the mic to Saberstein. She wanted to ask you a question, Intego, and I love the question. I feel like um, she would be the best person to ask it. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi, Intego. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having yeah. me here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, so my question, so... Most people that I meet in the crypto space and trading space say, I wish I bought Bitcoin sooner. And I'm sure we've all heard at least one person say that, or like I say it myself. I'm, uh, so since you're one of those that were early, I just would like to know when you got into the crypto space and more importantly, why? Like what made you look at something that was, you know, nobody really used, you know, so many people said it's going to zero, but yet you, you jumped in. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, I first got into Bitcoin in 2010. And the reason I got into Bitcoin was uh, I was part of a newsletter called Money Map. And they told you about investments. And because my husband and I work in technology, when I read about Bitcoin, it, it clicked. It made sense. And the reason it made sense was prior to that, I was investing in precious metals and I understood the fact that money was going down to zero. So Bitcoin seemed like um, a digital version, a better option to go than, especially since I could make it, the concept of mining really appealed to me. But then it wasn't easy to mine Bitcoin. The parts you needed to, the devices I mined, it didn't look like computers and I didn't understand it or how to get it. So I bought some, well, not quite a whole Bitcoin. I bought, a, a, I think, a fifth of a Bitcoin and I left it. And I liked the idea, like, okay, let's see where this goes. Then in 2007, there was so much noise again. So I came back and that time I stayed because uh, I found there were many more projects and it seemed like everything I used in my everyday life, there was a blockchain project to um, be an alternative to it. So that kept me. I found it very interesting. Yeah, before then, let me say that in my real life, I work as a software tester. And with all this new software coming in, there was so many interesting things to test that made more sense than what I was doing. 
So that's the story in, in um, short version. That is amazing. Thank you so much for answering that question. I just, I'd always find myself wondering, you know, the people that were early, like, why did they stay? And that makes a lot of sense. So thank you so much. Thank you. So, um, Nintendo, you run a validator. Um, can you tell us the name of your validator? I, I did say it in the beginning, but just as a reminder, and why did you decide to get into validating? Um, the name of our validator service is called Zenchain Labs. And like I said, my husband and I, we work in IT. So when we got into Bitcoin, uh, sorry, when we got into cryptocurrency actively in 2017, we joined different projects and just kept on looking, walking, um, creating master nodes, mining. We mined Litecoin, mined Dash, mined uh, um, a Monero coin. Um, what's it called now? Was a crypto note coin on the privacy side built on the same um, blockchain as Monero. We did several of that. And uh, we did, then eventually we merged into some proof of uh, stake coins. So we've just been watching and looking. So when we came into um, Cosmos, the first coin I came into here was uh, Akash because I tend to look for projects that solve problems and they seemed like they were going to solve the problems I had seen other projects trying to solve. So looking at the infrastructure, I stood my husband about it. And since he understands it, the infrastructure things, he decided to start a node. The first node we actually started was um, a Juno node. Sorry, Desmos node. That was the first chain we validated for. But prior to that, we had a Juno node because um, there's, a, there's a game, a Strange Clan. We were running the analysis site for it and needed our own RPC server. So we had a Juno node for that. So we decided, you know what, instead of just running this RPC server just for data, why don't we just create a node for that? So Desmos was the first and Juno we created. We already had, but not using it as a validator node. So we made it a validator node, created another one to, to use as a validator node to help out. So when you come into cryptocurrency, there's a tendency for you to be able to do what you do in your real life. And so since uh, my husband has skills in uh, infrastructure and I have some understanding of that too, because I've run master nodes pre previously, it was a natural fit. Wow, Nintego, that I, that's amazing. Um, I love your brain. That's, I just, wow. I am so impressed. That's so fantastic. Um, Same here. I love listening to Nitego speak about herself and her background because it is just so interesting. She's an OG. She can't help herself. She's just an OG. She knows her things. Um, so thank you. Is, <laughs> so before the, I'm just since um we're gonna we're trying to keep it short, but I have two more questions. My my next question is: Are there any other chains that you are currently into, or are you strictly on the Cosmos e uh, ecosystem? And then my last question would be, do you have any advice for those of us in the Web3 space? Um, well, right now I'm more in the Cosmos ecosystem, but I still have um, some phantom tokens, which was what got me into DeFi in the first place. On the NFT side, I have dabbled only once into Ethereum with the Axela, the robot NFT. But... I would say um, the IBC ecosystem is very large and because we validate here, I seem to do a lot more here. 
I have done different things in different in Binance and other things in the past. I wouldn't call myself a maxi. I look for things that work. And if I find something that excites me that works somewhere else and solves a real life problem, I would look at it. As for what I'd advise to people new to Web3, I would say understand Bitcoin. Just go learn about Bitcoin because uh, everything has emerged from there. If you understand Bitcoin and how it works, you understand the changes and it will make sense to you. And my quick example would be this. If you understand proof of work, you understand why proof of stake became their alternative. Then you understand why delegated proof of stake is now what we do as a better alternative to just proof of stake. So basically, Bitcoin, you mine with your computers and many coin projects still do that. We, like you said earlier on about the noise and the heat, that's not to be joked with. We live in Canada and uh, it gets to minus 20, minus 30 in winter. When we had a miner in the house, just one Litecoin miner or one Dash miner, we couldn't hear in the house and the house did not need the heating because of the heat generated by those miners. So the noise and the heat is real. So of course, people looked for alternative, which was proof of stake. And basically what that meant was you held some tokens and you kept it in your wallet. But what people don't know is that with everybody putting their computers on and off at different times, you had the chain splitting in several directions based on who had more coins. So if I had a million coins of uh, one token and my computer is off, did I put on my computer and I sync back to the blockchain, I will create another branch of the blockchain. So that was messy. So here comes delegated proof of stake where you get people to what we call validators now, you get people to run supercomputers or uh, nodes, as we call them, and you sign your coins to them to vote with. So the reason for all of this is that now you as a user, you don't have to, you don't have to um, keep your computer on 24-7 and fork the chains in different ways and maintain the blockchain on your own personal computer. So when you understand all this, you would understand that you still have some responsibilities to, to the network you're on without just handing your coins and turning around. You understand the progress and why it's how it is now and the fact that you shouldn't just uh, give your coins and say bye-bye and not vote and not be involved in the network. So that's all I would say. Start from the beginning and understand why and where we are today. So if you start at the beginning and you understand there was a time there was the blockchain space was very contentious. Um, every those arguments about block, about size. There were so many versions of Bitcoin coming up every day. It was really, really contentious. The concept of IBC and an internet interconnected blockchain now makes a lot of sense. And what is the reason? One of the reasons why I stay in Cosmos because we're not trying to kill anybody. We're not trying to kill Ethereum. We're not trying to kill Bitcoin. We're just connecting chains. And that to me is a more um, healthy approach to being in this space, working together, connecting, rather than trying to destroy or kill some other project as your claim to fame. So that's what I have to say. Let me not take up all your time. Oh, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I love uh, the passion. I love what what you're saying i i agree um i agree with everything you've said especially with just leaving your coins to get back you know somebody else to make decisions and and you not you know making sure to 
you know, be involved in those decisions for uh, governance vote. Like, I just appreciate everything you said. And I'm so thankful you came and took your time out of the day, uh, out of your day to hang out with us, to tell us about yourself. Um, I can't wait um, to continue to get to know you, Nintendo. Um, I remember first meeting you in the in the knots um in the knots space and you were had the luck of the luck of the irish every every time we went in there you won like four or five times um but um it's been a delight thank you guys so much for joining us and um next week we're actually going to be chatting about the doquan interview and some news it'll be a little bit more laid back so we'll also have time to have our um maybe our uh, people in the crowd if they have any questions but um, please join us on October 24th at 10 a.m. And we'll be chatting about the Doquan interview, our market analysis, and any, any other updates. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, Saberstein. Thank you, EJ. Thank you, Nintego. Thank you, EV, NFT Space Cadet, Crypto CC. Thanks, so, Big Booms. Thanks so much for coming. And uh, Saberstein, thanks for being an awesome, awesome co-host. And yeah, thank you, B Vans, for being an excellent host as well. Hostess, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm a hostess cake. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys. Yeah, you thank you, Nikki. We, we will thank see you. you on the 24th. Bye. Yes, have a great week. Bye bye. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Bare Bones of Web 3, Episode 2, News, Market Analysis, and a Special Guest. Hosted by B-Bands from the Space Skellies. Recorded on Monday, October 17th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, I don't know. I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll. Tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road. Gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in. I'm delivering the meaning. I I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little as to do with 
knowledge, but important nonetheless. Terror spaces. 